to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and you, friend of the pod, you don't look a day past 30. We're celebrating our 30th anniversary at Grace, and today we are standing here on fire with vision that God will do something new. But before we argue over godless ideas and old wives' tales, now that they've finished comparing the arm butter of Dwayne the Rock Johnson and the Apostle Paul, <laughs> let's get in the gym and train with those darn co-hosts ruining the workplace in napkins. Marin and Barry, good day, <laughs> good guys. Good day. day. Lots of references. Yeah. So many. How are you? How's everybody doing? I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm kind of... Draggled, as we've talked yeah. about before, coming in here from a long day, but I'm okay. What we, I don't know how long ago we did this, but we moved from Mondays to Tuesdays recording this. And Tuesday is known for, amongst staff, is like- It's a day of reckoning. The gauntlet. Yeah. And so we choose- we choose the very end of Tuesday now to record the podcast. Ideal. So all three of us were standing in line for coffee- Right before <laughs> this, because oh, yeah. we're like, we need something. We're sent in line for struggling Keurig. for Keurig. We were not yeah. out. Well, yeah, we making yeah. our own coffee. Standing in line for Keurig, yes, yes. for Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> Marin is a uh, we we decided is a brand ambassador for Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, you need to get a cut, That's right? Yeah. Of your do they make like Dunkin' Mom sweatshirts? Because I would wear one. <laughs> your son works there. I would wear one. Yeah, um, I do like Dunkin' Dunkin Coffee. Dunkin you. Yeah, I. I've been judged for Dunkin' Coffee. Is that right? Yeah. By who? By Starbucks. By someone hoity and toity? Yes. Starbucks people, people I who don't. prefer Starbucks, look down on us. They do. Folks. It's, and, I and worked at Starbucks. Vice versa, by the way. I know. Really? I worked at Starbucks oh, yeah. and we looked down on people and then I left working at Starbucks and looked back and I was like, well, I mean, the coffee does kind of taste like cigarettes the it first does. time you taste it. And then it's like, I don't know if I should pick a side in this one. I think I'm just going to drink coffee that I like. So I lived yeah. on the North side of Chicago for about 10 years before I moved to the South side and up North, it's like Starbucks land. Yeah. But I moved to the blue collar working class South side by Midway airport. And the first time I suggested that me and a couple school moms go to Starbucks, they about laughed me out of the vehicle. <laughs> They're like, Oh, bougie. Why? What are they like? They said you and your fair trade coffee. That's what they said. <laughs> oh my goodness. These moms were cutthroat yeah. and they were Dunkin' moms. Oh, is Dunkin' not fair trade? I don't know, but oh. they were just like, and it was like back when Dunkin' was still rocking the styrofoam cup. Like yeah. they just were very anti-establishment, I suppose. Yeah. Duncan. Duncan still, for life. It still just cracks me up that you call it Duncan. They rebranded like a year ago. Right. You're, all, you're all in. You're all in on the rebrand. I... Who knew that this would be a Dunkin' Donuts podcast? <laughs> but uh, I think that's why they look down on us is because there used to be the word donuts mm -hmm. in the word. And it's like, Ugh, right. And their donuts, you, let's be honest, are not that great. No, I'm not. They used to be good. but Yeah, they're they're a little overproofed. Uh, other than that, other than what that. is new? <laughs> What's going on? So you remember me talking about those the giant storm that we had, the tree, giant tree fell down and yeah. the big branches are down. People have been asking a lot about that. How are, how's it coming? How's that tree coming? I still haven't actually no? touched mm -mm. the big tree. I've oh been doing all the work has been done on other branches and stuff like that. So I've been giving my, my chipper a lot of work. I've been burning a ton of stuff. It's pretty great. How are you hauling the logs? Well, most of them I've been chopping up near the barn where I'm keeping them. Okay. And so I'll just, I'll just, chuck a ton of them into a wheelbarrow uh -huh. and then wheel it in, unchuck them and then go back and <laughs> chuck some more. So, um, oh man, 
Yeah, dude. I had a question. Are you going to be okay? I'm fine. (laughs) He's running on Duncan. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Never mind. I had a question. Trees about Yes, it was about this thing, this this project. Oh my goodness. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Can I tell you, like, we've had like the eternal flame going in that fire pit that I built. I've had such big fires there with such so much wood that we'll have it going in the evening and, you know, be done. And the big fire will be going. And the next day, like even the next afternoon, I'll just stir it up and the coals are still mm-hmm. in there so hot that I can just throw more sticks on and it just ignites again and just keep that's it going. Awesome. I've got like, I've got like two feet of just ash yes. that's built up in there. So, so is the goal, what is the goal with the big tree? The big tree? Yeah. Get it out of there. Like, somehow. are you going to get it out? Are you going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have some, some friends help me on, on Saturday start trying to just, it's like, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. That's right. Elephant so, ears. <laughs> so we're going to do, I don't eat elephant uh, cause I'm a vegetarian, but if you were to eat an <laughs> elephant, it'd be one bite at a time. So I'm going to be trying to basically figure out, all right, let's get down this branch. Let's chop this one up, mm-hmm. see what we're working with. Let's get rid of these sticks and yeah. burn them. Let's so do, people are coming over to a few people. Yeah. Break just, it up. Yeah. Have you had help up to this point? Other than our neighbor, Gina, who is a godsend with her, she's got this big like claw grapple Uh, thing at the front of her tractor. So she was able to help us pick up some big stuff and big bundles and move them from place to place. So that's awesome. But Mm -hmm. no, otherwise it's just been me and Liv doing all the work. And my dad, he helped one day. He helped Mm -hmm. uh, move some stuff around. So it was great. Um, I last week cut down a bunch of bushes with like a hedge trimmer. Yeah. Nice. Like it's, it's one of those situations where our neighbor's bushes are like growing under our fence and now they're our bushes, <laughs> okay. yes. but they're like full grown, mm-hmm. but the roots and all the, the, the trunk are there, whatever are are on the other side of the fence. <laughs> and so I'm just like cutting stuff down and I'm telling Milo, Hey buddy, you want to come help me build a rabbit's house? Mm-hmm. Let's put, throw all these branches in the backyard and rabbits will live in there. And so now every day. I get home from work. He's like, should we go see if there are rabbits back there, dad? Oh. You're like, I was just using that to get yeah, your, yeah, your just free wanted, labor. Yeah, just wanted your help pushing the wheelbarrow. Mm. Marilyn, what's new with you? Did uh, you get tickets to your Mudsocks game? <laughs> um, I I did not. That that ended up falling through, but I was able to live stream it. Thank you for asking. What is that? Um, so that's the Crosstown Classic between the two Fishers High Schools. They both play. Oh, that's what they call um, it? Yeah, it's called the Mudsock game. Did you know oh. that Fishers used to be called Mudsock, Indiana? No. That when I moved Ugh. here from the great city of Chicago, I moved to Mudsock, Indiana. <laughs> no, I did not know that. And no one bothered to tell me until after Mudsock, I moved here. Mudsock is a major problem because that means you've already lost your boot. Yes, and you're down to just a you're sock. Just in and the now socks your sock is, is nothing but mud. <laughs> Skin rashes happen. That's right. <laughs> probably because of the mud. No, but my daughter got to go and my son marched and- March, oh, cool. Marched, performed, something like that. Yeah. The big thing we did this weekend was my grandma's 96th birthday in Chicago. Oh, Man. 96. Um, That's wild. And my daughter asked if she could drive there. Uh-oh. So Desi made her first- Gird your loins. Very, very <laughs> long driving trip and first time driving into the city at all. Yeah. I was going to ask. So she drove into Chicago. All the way in and the whole wow. way, the whole way I'm just like, okay- do I take her on these weird back roads that'll take us twice as long? Or do I let her ride on the highway? Cause 94 yeah. is, it can be a scary place yeah. and 55 Toll can roads? be even worse. 
Um, no, we don't take toll roads. We just take 65 up to 80, mm. over to 94, up to 55. <laughs> Where it got real sketch. Settle down. <laughs> if anyone out there listening knows about Pulaski, we <laughs> took Pulaski up to grandma's house and there was like construction everywhere. And it was like Mexican independence, like celebration weekend. Oh, and so lots the of traffic and traffic and like enormous flags out of windows, music on the streets. Was like she, the was she sights, white, white knuckling the it? Sounds, <laughs> yeah. I was white knuckling yeah. it because I would be distracted by all yeah. of that as like a seasoned driver. And here it is her first time in the city. And I took her into like the most congested space. That's, that's that kind of when it. I'd be like, pull over. And switch. <laughs> I did say that when we were going through like Maryville, I was yeah. like, all right, Des, listen, it's about to get real. So you need to decide right now, like, are you going through with this or are, are you pulling over <laughs> and, and letting me take the wheel? And she's like, no, I think I could do it. So we had a couple, I, th- I told her my heart only stopped about five times. <laughs> But it's not everybody all the way. in the car, just you and her. Me, her, and Jaden. Jaden was in okay, the back. So, so then Jed Jayden, wouldn't have stood for this. Jaden drove us home from Chicago. <laughs> okay. And that was his first time driving in the city. Yeah. So I don't. I, was, she, was, was she like giving him advice and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I love it. Like, I'm going to really miss these road trips with them. And I kind of hate that they're becoming independent enough to drive themselves yeah. everywhere. But you like, hate it. I hate it because we just listen to music the whole time Mm. and we crack up and we pick songs that are funny or songs that we like. And we all pretty much like the same thing. Wait, I thought you said you hate it. No, I'm going to hate when when it's gone, when it's gone. Right. So like I take every opportunity I can to be Mm -hmm. enclosed in close quarters with my children (laughs) before it's too late and they take off on me. Um, But no, Jed had a, did you know Jed's in grad school? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he had a, a, very large load of work to do this All weekend. Right. Jed, wow. when you procrastinate, that's what happens. And maybe it was like the bears opener. Oh, that's right. It was. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta be home for kickoff. <laughs> well, you're here. So that means you survived the trip. Yeah. Yes. But yesterday I just, I felt like I got hit by a truck, not like sick, just like fatigued more mm. than ever. Mm. And I think it was just from a solid Stress. eight hours in the car of yeah. just like white knuckling, yeah. not breathing, clenching every muscle. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, yeah. It took it out of me. All right. Well, yeah. welcome back. Thank Glad you. you're here. Yeah. Grandma, Grandma, I sent you guys a picture of grandma's church fan, yeah. which was from last September. September 20th mm. is my grandma's church's anniversary. And they just celebrated 100, 100 years. Got a few years on us. Just a couple. But I mean, it was really interesting to tell my grandma like, hey, we're celebrating our 30th anniversary. And she's like, she's like, <laughs> okay. Kids. Darn kids. Hooray. Yeah. Hooray for you and your 30 years. Uh, the church fan. Mm-hmm. Um, is this just like a, uh, is it needed? Um, my grandma would say yes. So she would keep her church fan in her Bible. But do they have like climate control? Again, the church is 100 years old. Yeah, you can do updates. 100 <laughs> years old. They've not no, done a single it's, update. Uh, it's, it's woven so deeply into the fabric and culture of black, okay. of black churches. You'll find them at every funeral. My thought when I saw the picture that you sent us was every church should have a church fan. Yes. Even ours. I, the, the first thing I thought when I saw my grandma's 100 year celebration church fan, mm-hmm. I thought, why didn't we think of that? Why don't we? Because <laughs> why didn't we think of that? It's, it's a, it's a, it's a staple. Y'all need church Even fans. if you have air conditioner, put the fan in there. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Save hey. us a lot on energy bills if we just gave everyone yeah. fans and stopped putting AC. That's right. I mean, some people accuse us of keeping the room too hot. That's right. Church in the fan. summer. Church fan. Bring the church fan. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with church van, which is also a staple. <laughs> we, but yeah. We have one of those. But you'd have suburban. to do it. You'd have to do it right. If we're going to make an authentic church fan and somebody out there knows what I'm talking about, <laughs> it would have to say Grace Church 30 years. Yeah. And then like, you know, from then until now, and then it would have to say like Senior Pastor Barry Rodriguez, yeah. not lead. It'd right, have to right say right senior, reverend, senior. Right. Pastor. The Reverend Barry Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. And then on the back, there would have to be an advertisement for a funeral home. What? That, <laughs> is that what happened? You, that's it. Every church that's fan ever. For you. Advertisement. Wow, that's weird. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, uh, <laughs> we are in week two of our current, current sermon series, Carry On, where we're celebrating the 30th anniversary of Grace Church um, and looking forward to the future and what that holds, maybe even 30 years from now. But this past weekend was an interesting thing because not only was it 30 years of grace, it was 20 years since September 11th. Mm -hmm. So I thought we would talk a little bit about that. And, uh, I've never heard about your guys' experience Mm. with September 11th. I'd love to hear it. Mm. Um, so, and I guess what, what, what the meaning of 20 years post that, like how, what, what, what did the weekend, what was that experience like for you guys? Sure. I guess I'll start. Um, I was living in Chicago um, and I had been dating Jedediah for 11 days. Whoa. Oh, wow. And so I just distinctly remember the two of us, this like brand new couple processing this together and the way we did that. um, So I worked at homeless shelter then and I walked to work and it was just everywhere. Everyone at the shelter was already abuzz with, did you hear what happened? Did you hear what happened? I came home from work that afternoon and sat with Jed on a park bench in like a beautiful garden. And we just sat there silent. I don't know. I can't remember two words we said to each other. We mm-hmm. just sat there just silent, just together. And that's, that's what I remember the most about that day. And and I, I remember the thoughts that were running through my head as I sat there silently. Um, I mean, just bewilderment and of course the questions of living in a big city as, you know, the Sears Tower was evacuated and no fly zone over our city, which is crazy. Chicago has Midway and O'Hare. And so Mm -hmm. Jed and I ended up um, going with a group of friends to the lakefront, to the beach later that night. And it was just so eerie that like it was silent and you could see stars. Mm. I'll never forget the silence of that night. Um. But yeah, I just remember the fear um, and the uncertainty and the newness of my relationship at the time, just thinking like, oh man, like we're going to have to go through some stuff together. Mm. And that was kind of the beginning. That mm. was how, how our relationship began. Um, it's been smooth sailing ever since. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> zero, <laughs> zero issues. Um, this weekend... You know, I I have to admit, I feel like I was caught up in some of the busyness, Mm -hmm. but what I saw everywhere I went were people marking the occasion. I think this was the first year that I saw signs in people's front yards, Mm -hmm. um, remembering signs of remembrance. Mm -hmm. It's, it's becoming like a Memorial day, Mm -hmm. like a, you know, 
it's, it's part of our fabric now. It's a day of remembrance. And then I saw people, um, on the bridge over oh, yeah. 116th street, um, just out there waving their American flags and making mm-hmm. sure that people remember. And mm-hmm. I appreciated the efforts of those who were willing to just stand out there and even help busy people like me, like force us to take a pause and remember. Mm. Um, and then I came to church uh, Saturday night, which was awesome. Um, Julie and Ashleen led in my place to give me the weekend to be able to go to grandma's house. Um, so coming here Saturday just was so amazing. I was geeked out about being greeted at the door because I never get to get yeah, greeted at the right. door because yeah. I'm always coming through the green room doors. Mm-hmm. So just getting to experience a service, you know, without having to work, worry about everything happening in that service mm-hmm. without having to work. Yeah. was great. And the video we showed in service this weekend for nine 11, that was my moment. We took a moment of silence that could have lasted even longer for me. Yeah. Um, Cause just all the emotions just came um, watching the video. And for those of you who missed it, um, it was just a video of some of Grace Church's staff recalling that day, like we're doing now, mm-hmm. remembering where they were and hearing it from different vantage points of people of different generations and what it has meant to them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was really powerful. How about you guys? Do you know which park you were in? Which park? Uh-huh. So we actually um, had a, a garden next to our apartment building uh-huh. um, and that's the the garden we sat in. Um, but we went to uh, Montrose, Montrose Harbor was the beach we went to later gotcha. that night. Cause I also found myself in a park in Chicago <laughs> on nine 11 because I was at Moody Bible Institute at the time and in downtown Chicago. And the, after it happened, the, um, the school closed, I was in a 19 story dorm and they didn't know what was going on. So they closed down probably just out of the chaos of the day. They closed down all the floors of the dorm, except for the first three or four or something like that. I guess in case the school was under attack, I don't even Mm. know. So we were just like released into the city to just kind of wander around, I guess. Mm. And I remember vividly going to that park just east of Moody, Washington Square Park. Mm. And I sat on a bench and I remember hearing the sounds of jet planes. And I looked up and I saw two fighter jets Mm -hmm. flying over patrol over the city. And it was so surreal. It was like, I mean, if you were around, you remember that, like, are we at war? Like, are we about to be under attack? Chicago is a big city. Is Mm -hmm. this going to be the next target? And yeah, it was, it was terrifying. Um, And I just remember the days afterwards and even the months afterwards, I just, it felt like things have fundamentally changed in our country. And I just, I, I just remember feeling that and the, yeah, the next few years, even just it it seemed like all of all bets were off and all of what we used to think and know had changed forever. And it just was, I don't know. It's, it was such a, mm-hmm. uh, a wild difference. And this weekend was just, it was good to reflect and think back on it. And I can't help, but think of the, all the little threads, cultural trends and, and uh, even the hostilities and the anger and the divisions and all the stuff. And I, I know there was stuff going on before nine eleven, yep. big time, but it seems like 9-11 was a catalyst that really uh, just affected our entire culture in so many ways that we're still seeing the the effects of it today. Yeah. So I don't know. I, that's what I've been thinking about. Yeah. yeah. Just processing I that. had a lot of friends join the service mm-hmm. when that happened. Again, I was only about a year out of high school at the time. 
Um, and that was really the catalyst for quite a few people I went to school with mm, to join the service. It's weird to think that there was a world before September 11th where like TSA did not exist. Right. Right. I mean, I remember like, it. You could go meet someone at the, at the gate yeah. when their flight was coming and in. And now yeah. like you can't even imagine mm-hmm. yeah, what that was, but yeah, it was like you could stand at somebody's gate and mm-hmm. wait for them to get off the plane. Yeah. Um, I, I have a lot of memories about that day. Some of them I'm not going to share because they're, too like not serious, but one of the things that I was looking forward to on that day was the release of POD's satellite album. Oh my goodness. That came out on September 11th, 2001. You're right. That was very unfortunate. And I couldn't wait. It was a friends of the pod. If you don't know who POD is, (laughs) it's a, it was a Christian band 20 years ago. I listened to them. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, and did so, we all listen to POD? Did you listen to POD? I didn't just listen to POD now. Come on. <laughs> Friends so, of the pod. We all had the same music at the same time 20 years hey. ago. That's crazy. Sorry. Anyway. Uh, so after I realized what was going on, like watching the news and whatever, I left to go get that album because I was looking forward to it so much. And then the literally the rest of the day, I, s- I spent at Grace Church. Hmm. I, I don't know why I just was like, I need to go to a church. I need to go to my church and see people that, I mean, I was in college, but so I need to see the people that I know. I remember seeing, uh, Rob Yonan, Patty Fromke, Hmm. um, Dave. I remember seeing people on that day and, and people that no longer live here. But I remember just being like, guys, help me make sense. Like what is going on? Like what Hmm. is going on? And I just felt a need to be around people that I knew and loved and, and trusted. So, uh, that's what I did the whole day. I was, I stayed at Grace church and then classes were canceled the rest of the week and whatever. But yeah, uh, the video was great this past weekend. And I typically like for a while, it was like, it's been three years since September 11th. It's been six years. It's been eight years but the 20 year thing is pretty mm-hmm. monumental. Yeah. It's crazy to think there are, I mean, adults, 19, 20 years old that have no memory mm-hmm. of something that we would yeah. say is like one of the fundamental shaping. Most of my family, like my, my wife's family are like half of them are mm-hmm. under the age of 22 and it's like no recollection. Right. Um, yeah, so I'm glad we did. I'm glad we at least acknowledged it. We paused. We, um, it was a, it was an emotional video watching it because, and an emotional weekend because watching the images, I don't know how much you guys watched like on TV and stuff, but I watched quite a bit of the like tributes and things like that. It's, it's, it's just wild that it's been 20 years, but, um, so we're in week two of our sermon series carry on. And so after the tribute and after the moment of silence, um, Barry, you gave the message, uh, on first Timothy, yeah. primarily chapter four, verses six through, uh, 20, something like that. Something like that. Um, and so for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, hasn't heard it yet, can you kind of give us a recap of the big idea that you wanted people to hear? Yeah. 
Uh, so as you know, if you've heard the, the series at all, we're, we're looking at these, these letters from Paul to his protege, Timothy, who he had given charge to lead the church in Ephesus. And, uh, this is a big task. It's a really challenge, big challenge for him. He's young, uh, or at least younger than, than Paul and didn't have the gravitas and the respect. And so Paul is essentially in this portion of the letter, he's giving Timothy, marching orders for what to focus on and how to spend his, his time and his energy and uh, where to keep his, his attention as he's leading this church and Paul's leaving him to kind of carry on into the next generation. And so the verse that I, or the, the phrase that I really zeroed in on is when Paul says, don't let anyone think less of you because you are younger, which um, to me, I, I found myself getting caught on the question of like, well, how do you not let someone look down on you because you're younger. That seemed, as I thought about it more, I was like, well, you can't really com- control what other people think. And so um, I, a lot of what I was looking at was trying to understand why Paul would say that, how, what he meant by that. And ultimately what I came to is all of these other commands that Paul gives to Timothy to train yourself in godliness, to uh, remember your calling, to uh, to stand on on the word of God and scripture, to read the scriptures, and to uh, to to be an example to all believers. The, all of these things that he's that he's telling him ultimately add up to the truth that t- Paul's essentially saying, Timothy, you have what you need to carry on. And um, we can talk more about the specifics with that. But at the end of the day, I realized, well, we are something of a new generation at Grace, mm-hmm. and I, I I said young and old, we're we're different people who are leading grace and building grace, then, then we're here in 1991. And so 30 years on, we're, we're facing some of the same things that they were facing at the beginning of grace. So it's easy for us to look down to, for people to look down on us for being young or, or for not having the gravitas of, of those who came before or whatever. And I wanted us to hear that same message that we do have what we need to carry on. Um, just like Timothy did, and just to not let people look down on us, because if we are doing all those things, remembering our calling, standing on the word of God, et cetera, then, then any negative perceptions of us because of our youth are yeah. just hollow. And, and so that's how you don't let someone think less of you is you live in such a way that, that those kinds of negative perceptions don't amount to anything. Mm-hmm. So we have what we need to carry on. So let's carry on. That's, mm-hmm. that's basically where I went. I was talking to Dave Rodriguez after uh, the service. And I was like, man, I've never heard Barry talk like that (laughs) where you were basically, I mean, I don't address negative feedback directly like that. But not just that. It's like, forget the haters, man. We got what we need. Let's go. Like you were like (laughs) pumping everybody up. Like I was like, I was sitting next to some people, uh, your brother-in-law and sister-in-law. Yeah. And as you were talking, I was like, ah, like this is Sparta. Like, let's go. Uh, but I, yeah, I was pumped, man. That's cool. Well, I wasn't, I don't know. I try. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a seven on the Enneagram and a three, but I, I like, I like to stay between happy and ecstatic at all times and, <laughs> yeah. and focusing on negative feedback is a very easy way for me to get down in the dumps. Mm-hmm. And so I tend to avoid it and I want to focus on joy, focus on hope, but some, but in this particular context for us to apply this passage, we have to talk about the fact that 
yeah, people do look down on us. And I use the story yeah. of my dad. I mean, people look down on him when he started. Yeah. People look down on me. Now I, I hear that feedback. People look down on us as a church and there's feedback out there. There's people yeah. out there saying, oh, grace isn't what it used to be. Grace isn't successful anymore. Like it, it I mean, I hear it all the time. It, it it filters up. So if you ever wonder yeah. if you're out there at your hairstylist, <laughs> we know you. If, we if you're see out it. at the hairstylist and you're talking about about Grace not being like it used to be, like I we hear of those conversations. Yeah. And so it's just a it's part of the backdrop of our our experience right now. Yeah. And so I felt like it was worth at least mentioning that, if only to swat it away and say, forget it, because mm-hmm. that actually doesn't matter if we if we focus on training ourselves in godliness, yeah. if we focus on standing on the word of God, if we focus on remembering our calling and, and living yeah. into our gifts and, and being an example to all believers, if that's what we're focused on, then none of that stuff matters yeah. Yeah. or has any weight uh, in our world. It was so powerful when you said we're not here because Hamilton County needs another church, Yeah, but we're here because we are called. Mm. We can do this. There it is. Is that a new one? <laughs> No, oh, that's the same old creepy one <laughs> yeah. as before. Uh, all right. So, looking at the scripture, I have, I have a couple questions. Yeah. Number one: How do we know when an idea is godless? Like sometimes I'm reading scripture and you're saying this is the point of it, and I'm like, that's not what I'm looking at. I'm looking at this detail that probably doesn't matter. But um, in verse six, it's like train yourself for godliness. Don't spend time arguing over godless ideas and old wives tales. Yeah. What, mm. how do I, how am I supposed to know that what I'm arguing over is or is not godless? Wow. That's a good question. I think in this context, presuming that this is Paul writing to Timothy in the context of false teaching in Ephesus, a lot of the false teaching was about things like you shouldn't be married. Marriage is bad. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Like and false bite, we'll just yeah. like that. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> teaching like teachings like uh, you have to obey all of these like strict religious regulations if you want to be if you want to be saved and like it, these are things that were infiltrating the church that Paul specifically calls out in in these letters and I get the sense that when he's talking about godless ideas and debating old wives tales like he's he's talking about things that he's heard people in Ephesus spending their energy on and their mm-hmm. emotional energy on and I can imagine I'm feeling this is Barry's opinion now but like I could imagine long conversations about well what's the appropriate length of your hair or what's the how what kinds of meat are you allowed to eat if you're going to be dining with Gentiles and like stuff that how long do I have to wear this mask or that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, cause that's what I was thinking about. Honestly, I, when you're like, stop wasting time arguing over godless ideas. I'm like, that's what I spend all my time doing right now is arguing over whether we masks and yeah. things like mm. in, in a, and there's a lot of stuff going on with like family right. stuff and faith communities getting torn apart because of masks. Are right. we serious? And so right. I, I, that's, that's what triggered. That's why I'm well, asking. Like, and yeah, to finish here, let me finish my train of thought. Cause what I was saying is those are all the things that, that undoubtedly were people were debating and spending all their time arguing about. But what Paul wants Timothy to remember is what matters is the gospel of Jesus Christ where, the God of the universe has stepped in to reconcile all things through his own son on the cross and, and his resurrection has unlocked new creation for us. And every one of us can now live into that truth. 
that he's like, that's what matters, mm. Timothy, like reconciling all things, Jews and Gentiles worshiping together as mm. one family partaking in the life of Christ. Like stop messing around with all yeah. the stuff that doesn't matter. F- keep the main thing, the main thing. So, yeah. um, but as far as how do you know what a, what a godless idea is yeah. I, to me, my metric is does this, does what we're debating fit in with or stand against the overarching story of scripture yeah and the 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 overarching like mission of reconciliation and healing that god is paying attention to if not then maybe it's not worth debating i don't know yeah no that's good so godliness then you said requires training or paul's saying this yeah paul's saying training yeah requires uh or demands training uh what do you guys think about that I agree. <laughs> yes, well, we should try. No, I, so here, here's a. <laughs> it, All right. It's, it's interesting. I'm feeling aggressive. I didn't, I mentioned this in the fun facts, but so he uses this word gymnazo where we yeah. get our word gymnasium. So he's talking about training and in, in that culture, there were things like the Olympic games and, and training for marathons and wrestling and all that. Mm. But there were also the the public games, which included like gladi- gladiatorial combat. And he uses this word This later on in that, that verse or that passage. He says, this is why we struggle. And the word he uses there is the word for this is essentially saying this is why we fight in the ring, which oh. is not just wrestling to get a crown or a prize. It's also re- fighting for your life. And so he's. I I'm reading between the lines with this imagery, but it's almost as if he's saying like, this is a fight to the death. Like this is a life or death struggle. If you want to survive, not just win, if you want to survive, then you have to train. And the training that you have to do is training in godliness to be like Mm -hmm. the God that, that we follow. Mm. The more you are like him, the more prepared you will be for the life and death struggle that that's coming. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where I think he's going with it. It's got weight. This, this, need to train the way I was thinking about this, as you were talking, I thought about, um, when Jesus talks about loving those who hate you and persecute you. Yeah. Does Jesus say that or does Paul say that? Jesus. Okay, good. Nailed it. Uh, (laughs) as, as, as we're talking about training, I was thinking about that and I was like, well, that's how you do it. Yeah. You can't just decide I'm going to, I'm going to love someone who hates me. You have to train yourself to do that. And so then I started thinking about, like civil rights in the 1960s and uh, how they, how the people that were leading the nonviolent initiative in civil rights, they had to train for that. Like you could see videos even today of like people sitting at lunch counters while trainers were screaming in their faces, Mm -hmm. cursing at them. And then later you see another video of them actually sitting in the moment Mm -hmm. with like other people Mm. experiencing like hatred and, cursing and spitting on them. And I was thinking, I was like, the only way that the only reason they were able to even do that has to be because with any kind of unity it has to be because they were trained. They yeah. were training to do that. You can't expect to just show up in a hostile environment, right? A hostile, ungodly environment and just be godly without training. So right. that, that connected the dots for me. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's why we care so much about biblical literacy for every person that calls great church, their home. It's why we equip them with BYOB series and things like that so that they can train, Yeah, <laughs> you know, ev- mm. every day and not just Sunday. How many of us come to church and think, okay, I've trained for the week, but right. 
not the case, not the case. And so we're trying to empower every person with tools to be able to uh, study, to show themselves approved, yeah. you know, uh, just to study the word of God yeah. and to train. That's why we do this. That's why we uh, get together every week and we... That's why, That's we, why do we do that. it between Sundays, baby. <laughs> oh, training in between the Sundays. It's like, what, are, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this may be opening a can of worms. Oh boy. So I might have to edit it out. <laughs> okay. But in uh, verse 10, smack me in the face yeah. when we're going through it in the sermon. It says, our hope is in the living God who is the savior of all people and particularly of all believers. Yeah. That is a can of worms. Okay. Sorry, we can talk. Do we need about to it? talk about it? Like, because that I know we're talking about a different topic, but when I'm reading scripture, I'm like, yeah, but what about this? Yes, right. So, what about it? <laughs> <laughs> In what way is God the Savior of all people, and why does Paul make the distinction? Like, God's the Savior of all people, but especially believers, or like particularly of all believers. Like, this, what 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 is he trying to communicate here? That totally depends on your soteriology and how you understand. Uh, the idea of God's saving work. And there are some who, who see that as uh, a way of saying God has made salvation available to mm -hmm. all people and believers are the ones that get to experience it. There are others on the other end of the spectrum that would say God saved all people, Yeah, but believers get to live into it now. Oh. And I'm not about to take sides or, or, <laughs> yeah. or really expound this. And I'm truly asking because I was confused. I was like, yeah. that sentence is very confusing. Of to me. course. Yeah. So, so yeah. There, yeah, all, all I'll say is that there are people on, on every end of the spectrum. Yeah. Some would say, yeah, some would say that that is not a reference to universalism. And some would say it's a reference to every knee will bow uh, whether, yeah. whether in this life or after this life. Yeah. And yeah, that all is, right. it is a can of worms, Moving but, on. but it's a good question. Uh, thank you. The interesting thing about youth, cause Timothy, as we talked about last week, the young guy, Paul's his, our age or younger, Paul's his mentor. <laughs> You're a grown up boy. <laughs> uh, the interesting thing about youth to me, as I'm thinking about the context of this was, and looking down on youth because of their age, I was like, wasn't person after person in the Bible chosen to be used by God. And they were like super young. Yeah. Super young or super old. Yeah. Well, yeah. Either way. Yeah. And so it's a flat out shame, no matter what year it is, mm -hmm. if young people or old people are discouraged from leading the church simply because of their age. So yeah. it's a bummer that Paul even had to call it out because it's like, hey, remember Mother Mary? She was like 13. Teen, yeah. Uh, hey, remember David? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Remember any like... I don't know. I, it's a bummer that yeah. it has to be addressed and it still has to be addressed because there's so many examples, I think, of, right. of young it, people and old people. But as I said, it really is like a perennial issue. Mm -hmm. I saw, I didn't have time for it in my message, but I've seen, uh, so I saw an article where someone started with these two quotes and it was like, kids these days, they don't care about elders and they, they don't respect whatever. And they're like, can you guess when that was written? And it's like, 1200 AD and the other one is, and the other quote is like 400 AD. And it's like, okay. So everybody says kids these days, yeah. it seems to be the way it always is. But really though, kids these days, these days, or even kids among themselves, yeah. you know, seniors and these freshmen coming in, you <laughs> yeah. know, like you're yeah. all kids. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It's just, it is the way it is. And I, I don't know if you guys feel the way I, I said this, maybe it was a, it was not 
maybe I put too fine a point on it, but I do feel like in some ways it's especially true in the church. I feel like this, maybe it's something to do with like the wisdom of, of the older generations. You should respect us. But I feel like somehow in the church, we, where we probably should be the most interested in setting ourselves aside and lifting up others, we, we tend to get more tight fisted as we get older because we feel like our authority or our, what we desire or our style or whatever is slipping away. I don't know. I was thinking about this a lot this weekend because of my trip to Chicago and I had to drive through some of my old stomping grounds, old neighborhoods. And I have seen churches go under because they could not get a grasp on training up a younger generation Mm -hmm. and allowing them to lead Mm -hmm. churches no longer exist. Two of them in the same neighborhood where I used to live by Midway airport. Mm. My grandma's church is 100 years old. Yeah. How have they been able to keep going for 100 years? My 96 year old grandma Mm. has to sit at the feet of somebody who is in their mid thirties. Yeah. Yeah. And learn. Yeah. And, and, and respect him as a spiritual authority, as a leader. She sits and and his wife does a Bible study on Saturdays. My grandma's so cute because she is 96 Mm -hmm. and she is so, she's better at technology than I am. I promise. (laughs) She's like doing her zoom Bible studies on Saturday night. And then she's doing her zoom church in the morning and she's doing it all. And you're like, grandma, what's a zoom? Her church church survived for 100 years Mm. because of its ability to pass the baton. Yeah. Right. Mm. And that should be par for the course. That should be the way that it is in the church. And uh, yeah, I feel like in general, that has been generally the way that grace has, has operated. I feel like we've, we've done a good job and even, I mean, it's kind of weird because I, I, I'm the end result. My being in this role is the end result of this. But when my dad first began the process of, of talking about a, getting a successor, two things really stand out to me again, at that point, neither of us had any desire or thought that it would end up being me. But at that time he had two things, which really stood out. One, he was only in his late fifties when he wanted to start the pro or maybe early sixties when he wanted to start the process mm-hmm. and everybody, he could have kept going for another yeah. 20 years mm-hmm. easily fallen or, or 30 or 40 years fallen over dead in the pulpit. But he decided, <laughs> to, he decided to, to, in, to go sooner rather than later so that an ex- another generation could lead. And the other thing, which this is the controversial thing is he said at the outset with the team that was going to work on being his successor, he said, I want someone who's likely in their mid thirties, not their forties mm-hmm. or, or fifties, which again, that's a, that's a bold move mm-hmm. because wouldn't it have made way more sense to get someone who's been a senior pastor of a church mm-hmm. somewhere for a while and, and who's maybe in their forties or fifties who can take, but he said, I I, I should be, it should be a new generation of leadership. Mm -hmm. And so they began looking for people in that age bracket and, and ultimately my name got thrown in the ring Mm -hmm. and then dad had to leave his own succession team so that he he (laughs) wouldn't be, there would be no nepotism involved, but all that to say, it's both of those things, I think, speak really highly of dad's desire yeah. to make sure that the ne- that a new generation was going to be equipped right. to lead grace. And I mean, not everyone agrees with that, mm-hmm. but I think it was 
well, I'm, I'm glad he did it. Cause now I'm living in, I feel like I'm living into my calling and yeah. anyway, God rules, God rules. <laughs> um, okay. So you said there's 11 through 16, there's basically 10 imperatives or commands that all kind of build off of verse 12. I think they do. Where Timothy is implored to not allow others to look down on him because of his youth. Then you ask the question, how do you not let others look down on you? Right. And you gave us four or five ways to, to not do that. And mm-hmm. I can't remember if I said this last week or if it was like after the fact, but I was like, can you just like not care? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you said that on the pod, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you, how do you, how do you, uh, help yourself by not allowing others to look on you down on you? Uh, you tie Timothy's situation to the situation here at grace. And so verse 12, ignore the haters. Basically. Yeah. It's like, we have what we need. We age doesn't matter. Grace is facing the next 30 years as a new generation of leaders. And it's important for us to remember that we have what we need. Yeah. Uh, another way, be an example of genuine faith. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because I get caught up on the word like genuine. Mm. Mm. Being an example of faith would have been sufficient for me. <laughs> but it being an example of genuine faith, now it's raising the bar. Mm. I need to look at what the Greek is there. I, don't, I just know, um, what's the verse on that? Can you tell me? I think either 12 or 13. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it says genuine in the, in the Greek. I'm just going to look it up. Okay. The, th- the third thing you need to stand on the word of God. You have the words you need in scripture. Uh, read the scriptures to the church. And that was another thing that stood out to me. It's like, don't just read the scriptures, mm-hmm. right? Don't do this by yourself. Right. It's, it's fine to do it by yourself. It's good to read alone, but do this publicly thing is what caught my attention. Like in at grace, we dive very deep into scripture. We do it. And yeah. it baffled me. It baffles me sometimes when people, that is a criticism. It's like, you guys don't go into scripture. You guys don't preach from scripture. And I'm like, sometimes I'm, I'm wondering if we're going too deep, Yeah. but, um, I think what they're, what they say is, or what they mean is if I had to read between the lines, you're not preaching from all the verses or saying all the same conclusions that I'm used to hearing mm-hmm. in church. Maybe not, but, Maybe, but, I don't know. but I feel like, Maybe it feels, or, or they're saying you're talking about issues that I wouldn't choose to talk about in the pulpit. I'd rather go to a place that talks about the issues that I think are important or biblical. Even though I agree, I I'm baffled at that, at that criticism. Cause I think we really, really preach from the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) So that was encouraging me to me, stand on the word of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, the fourth one, live into your gifts. Verse 14, Timothy clearly received a gift and calling from somewhere, um, which is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, but it's also the, the, the elders that laid their hands on him, which is the, the fifth thing or the last thing. Remember your calling. We're here because God has called us to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, we, I don't know what it was. It was some kind of meeting, but the meeting started with Dave Rodriguez saying, all right, we're going to start here. Does Grace Church need to exist? Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, what? Mm. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> and the answer is yes. The answer we came to then and the answer we come to now is yes. And it's not just because we need, like you said, Hamilton County doesn't need another church. We're, we're, we need to exist because we believe God has called us to exist mm. um, for this moment in this place. But that's how you prevent people from looking down on you mm. because of your youth. It's, yeah. it's those things. 
things that basically, like you said, take the power away from the criticism or the the judgment of people that would criticize you. Yeah. Cause our confidence is not in ourselves. You know, it, I'm not just ignoring the haters as much as I'm placing my confidence in the one who called me and equipped me mm-hmm. right. and said that he would equip me and not just me, Marin, but us, the church, like every listener, <laughs> you are called and equipped greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we live, if we buy into our own insecurities or listen to the voices of our critics, we're essentially saying, well, the word of God isn't enough and the gifting of the spirit isn't enough. And, uh, you know, the, the godliness that I, that, that God has asked me to live into isn't enough. And, and that's just not true. It is enough. We do have what we need. And so I think that's, that's basically yeah, where I was coming from with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Where we go next? What are we doing? Tim's back from sabbatical. Hey! Which is exciting. Yay! And uh, I think he's also in first Timothy. He's going to talk about, well, the, the, the phrase is be rich in good works and generous. That's something he, Tim, Paul wants Timothy to encourage his congregation to be mm-hmm. rich in good, good works and, and generous. And I don't know exactly where Tim's going to take it. Um, he might be kind of fired up. I'm not sure. We'll find out, but, uh, he's coming back from sabbatical. He's got a, a unique vantage point. I'm coming in as someone who was eight years old when grace started, but <laughs> he was, whoa, our age. Well, a little younger than us. He was no, he was our age. Yeah. He was our age when Grace started. And now he's been around and he's in his 60s. I want to hear what he has to say from his vantage point. Yeah. Amy was in her 20s. We, I was eight. Tim was <laughs> 30, 30s. So it's really, I'll be intrigued to see what he's got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Marin and Jed were dating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So he'll be here next week then. That'll be good. No, they weren't dating. That they were no, I know. Eight. Oh, okay, all right. That was nine eleven. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Took me uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, I think we covered it. So don't uh allow people to look down on you for your youth. Simple. But be an example. Yeah, but be an be example. An example. Yeah. Hit the gym. Yeah. Be an get, example. Hit get the gym. to work. We've got to train ourselves. Live by example. Um Yeah. All right. All right. I was right. going to talk, I was going to start asking questions about the gym, but we got to <laughs> go. All right. So Marin, will you please send us out? I will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. <laughs>